Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in the book of Revelation, and we'll be looking and going through chapters 12, 13, and 14. This is a very important uh, section, parenthetical section, that I know will bless you. So let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. Open our eyes, Father. Help us to see, and we'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's get right into the Word of God. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. So John sees what he describes as a great wonder in heaven. And this wonder was a sun-clothed woman with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars. Now the crown there is the Greek word stephanos, which means victory. And these crowns were upon her head. And the description uh, that John sees reminds us of the dream that Joseph had concerning his father and brothers. Uh, that was found in Genesis chapter 37, verses 9 and 10. And so in Joseph's dream, John, uh, Jacob rather, understood that the sun and the moons and the 12 and the 11 stars, actually Joseph being the 12th star, were of him and his sons. So, this means that the woman, sun-clothed woman, represents the nation of Israel. Now, verses 3 and 4. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head, heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to deliver for to devour, rather, her child as soon as it was born. So the next figure John sees is a great red dragon, and the color of this dragon being red is a symbol of warfare and death. And the dragon is said to have seven heads and ten horns. Now the seven heads and the ten horns speak to us of the empires which came forth as a result of the mystery of iniquity. Uh, they were spawned by the red dragon or the devil. And notice also the number seven, which symbolizes completeness. So this means that the empires represent uh, the complete strategy of the devil to assume total control over the world. And this is how he intends to do it, through world dom uh, domination. And globalism is a tactic of the devil that we see today, a way for him to have dominion over the entire world. So of the seven empires uh, who lay in the dispen of history, Egypt, Assyria, Babylonia, Persia, Greece, Rome, they've all passed away. However, the prince of the Roman Empire has not passed away. Uh, but he, uh, or this nation rather, will be reconstituted. We're talking about the Roman Empire will be reconstituted in the latter days as the revived Roman Empire. Now, the ten horns speak to us of ten kingdoms, which during the Great Tribulation will give their power and loyalty to the dragon, to the Antichrist. Now, on the seven heads, there were seven crowns upon their heads. Now, these crowns are not Stephanos or Victor's crowns, but they're diadema or royal crowns, crowns given to uh, sovereigns like the Queen Elizabeth or uh, King Charles uh, that they were crowned with. 
So John notes that the red dragon drew the third part of the stars of heaven and they cast them to the earth. Now, this is a reference both to the ancient past as well as the future. When the serpent beguiled Adam and Eve, they both sinned against God, and the authority over the dominion of the earth was given into the hands of the devil, and he became the god of this world. His authority stretches into the heavens around earth. Actually, he has access all the way up to the throne of God. And we know this uh, by the writings of Isaiah in chapter 14, verses 12 through 15. So John sees this dragon stand before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child uh, as soon as it was born. Now, verses five and six. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they notice that that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So we understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is the man child because Jesus Christ is the only one uh, born of men uh, that is given authority to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And we know that in Psalms two verses one through nine. So the man child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And this speaks to us of the resurrection and the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. And next, John sees the woman fleeing into the wilderness to a place prepared of God. Now, they, who are they? Well, they are some of the nation, the, uh, some of the nations of the earth or a nation of the earth. You know, not all nations and not all the inhabitants of the earth during the Great Tribulation are blindly going to follow the malevolence of the wicked one. Uh, so somehow God is going to provide protection for Israel uh, by they who are on the earth. And of course, this protection is going to be three and a half years or the last half of the Great Tribulation period. Now, verses seven through nine. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So John sees this great dragon, and he sees him cast out, and he calls him that old serpent, he calls him the devil and Satan, and the, the one who deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. So this is evidently, this, is, this warfare takes place in mid-heaven. And mid-heaven is that vast area of space between earth, uh, the earth and its atmosphere, and the third heaven, which is where God's throne is. And if you'll remember that Satan has already been cast out of heaven year, years ago, we know that from Isaiah's prophecy in chapter 14. So evidently, Satan being cast out, he's cast out onto the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So this gives us the idea that evidently there are fallen angels who are allowed to roam uh, the earth along with the devil during this time, maybe even present day. All right, verses 10 through 12. 
And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. So this loud voice in heaven is giving declaration of God's victory over his arch enemy, the devil. So from the ancient past, the devil has roamed throughout the earth and heaven. But at this point, uh, the devil has no place to go but upon earth. And it's upon earth that he's going to make his last stand. He knows that he has but a short time. All right, verses 13 through 16. And when the devil, uh, the dragon rather, saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness and to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So John states that the dragon, seeing that he was cast down upon the earth, which is his last bastion of rebellion against the Almighty, he persecutes the woman who is Israel. And John says the woman was given two wings of an eagle that she might fly into her place. Well, this place is God's place of refuge, a place where Satan has no power over her. And we see in the writings of uh, uh, Exodus in, in the time of Moses that uh, the Lord God, through his divine purposes, flew Israel out of Egypt. He literally lifted the nation up above Egypt and bringing the tiny nation out of Egypt into safety. So the next thing that John sees is the devil cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman. Well, uh, this flood could be the hatred, the vitriol, the, fil the filth spewing out of the mouth of the dragon in an attempt to incite the nations against the woman to destroy her. But John says the earth, <clears throat> which is, you know, the inhabitants of the earth, or some of the nations of the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the devil cast out of his mouth. All right. Now, verse 17. <clears throat> and the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the remnant are all those who have surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, both Jew and Gentile. And these are patiently waiting for either martyrdom or for the Lord's return to earth. And of course, we know that these are the ones that overcome uh, the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. And we see this group. In Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, these are the tribulation saints, one to Christ during the great tribulation period. All right, now let's move on to verse 13, verses 1 and 2. 
And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So the uh, beast uh, rising up out of the sea speaks of a man, speaks of him as a man rising up out of the sea, rising up out of the multitudes of the people. And John describes this beast as having seven heads and ten horns. It's the same appearance as the great red dragon of the previous chapter. Now, verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. Well, the imagery of this speaks to us of not the physical head, but a, a head of the revived Roman Empire. Uh, the deadly wound being the uh, the end or the destruction of the Roman Empire, but the fact that the wound was healed speaks to the resurrection or the renewal or the revival of the Roman Empire. And even though the Western Roman Empire was destroyed by barbarians, the Eastern Empire of Byzantium continued for another thousand years until it was defeated by the Turks. However, the Roman Empire continued to exist through the Roman Catholic Church, not just as a religious organization, but as a political and military one. So in the time of the Great Tribulation, the Roman Empire will be revived, though only for a short time. And in today's world, globalism, uh, we can detect the same desire, the same spirit to prepare the world for a one world ruler whose dominion will cover the entire planet. And their purpose is they want to herd all of the peoples of the earth as slaves into one global race, with them ruling over all. And notice that John says this, And all the world will wonder after the beast, for they will be deceived into thinking that uh, this man, this Antichrist, will be the answer to all the world's troubles. But they are deceived. Now, now, verse 4, And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? All right, verses 5 and 6, And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So, the Antichrist will be not only a great orator, but he will also be a great blasphemer. And Paul describes him in his second letter to the Thessalonians. He's called the man of sin, and he will be revealed. He's called the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. But also, Paul writes, that when the wicked one be revealed, the Lord will consume him with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming. And I say amen to that. Now, verse 7, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him all kindreds and tongues and nations. The only large group of people on the earth who are going to refuse to accept the rule of the Antichrist will be the tribulation saints. And for their refusal to worship the Antichrist, 
The Antichrist will war against them and will attempt either to force them to surrender, bow their knees to him, or wipe them off the face of the earth. He will, the Antichrist will overcome uh, the tribulation saints. But now his power to rule the world will be given to him, but only for three and a half years until the return of the Lord. Now, verse 8, And all that dwell upon the earth will worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So all those on earth at this time who have their names written in the book of life, uh, they will worship the only one who is the Lord Jesus, the Lord of lords. And this includes the 144,000. Now, verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So this is going to be the choice every person saved during the Great Tribulation will have. Either they will be found and martyred, or they will be martyred for the name of Jesus and for their testimony. Now, uh, John says this, the patience and faith of the saints is that is what going to enable them to endure even unto death. Now, verses 11 and 12. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth and had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So the second beast is called another beast. And the word another comes from the Greek word alo, and it means another of the same kind. So uh, the, the, what John describes as the second beast is going to be exactly and have the same power and the same uh, uh, spirit as the first beast. And John also describes the second beast as having two horns like a lamb. Well, this speaks to us of a counterfeit Christ. And the second beast, notice that John also says, speaks like a dragon. And he also, not only does he speak like a dragon, but he speaks for the dragon, because the Greek word there, horse, not only carries the meaning of, of like, but it also carries the meaning for. And, of course, he'll exercise all the power of the first beast before him. Now, verses 13 and 14. And he does great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. So the second beast, who's called the false prophet, has been empowered by the dragon to perform Elijah-like miracles in the presence of the Antichrist and before all men. And it's by these miracles that he deceives the men of the earth. And the Antichrist says to the men that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Now, verses 15 and 17. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So the, the false prophet 
have power to give life to the image of the beast. This is a counterfeit resurrection. And this is reminiscent of the image Nebuchadnezzar had uh, made, forcing all of his subjects to bow and worship before him or be put to death. The only difference is, is that Nebuchadnezzar's image did not come to life. Now, the Antichrist, he causes both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or in their foreheads. This is the mark of the beast. And of course, we, you know, we know that anyone who receives the mark of the beast is going to suffer, is going to suffer eternity in the lake of fire. And, and that is going to be an everlasting punishment for their total rejection of Christ and the cross. Now, verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score six. This mark is the number of a man times three. The great dragon, the Antichrist, and the false prophet form the unholy trinity. And these three will deceive the world. And all those who have received the mark of the beast and have rejected Jesus will have been deceived into thinking that these are the answer to all their problems. Now, these three are going to reign over the earth, but only for three and a half years, which is a short time. But they're going to be defeated by the Lord Jesus when he re returns to take possession of the earth. All right. Now, verse 14, we're going to look here at the victory of the Lamb. Now, verses one through five. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion and with him one hundred and forty four thousand having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the vo voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. They are, these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Notice that these 144,000, they came from the earth. The false prophet, as John describes, is coming from uh, the earth. So John sees the Lamb of God, and he sees him with the 144,000 Jewish witnesses. And they're standing on Mount Zion at the city of Jerusalem. Now, it's important to note this, that these 144,000 were sealed at the very beginning of the tribulation. And now here they appear towards the end of the tribulation, the same 144,000. That means that none of these have been lost. What God seals, he preserves. Amen. Praise God. All right. Verses six and seven. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell in the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. So John sees an angel flying in the midst of heaven and he has the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell upon the earth. Now. The gospel of God is the same gospel as the everlasting gospel. It's the gospel throughout the ages. You know, Paul stated in writing to the Hebrews that the gospel was delivered to men, the men of God, by angels. 
So what we see here is no different than at any other time. Angels are messengers, and they're the ones that send messages from God to men. So the message of the angel is directed towards all those who dwell upon the earth. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Even at this late date of the great tribulation, God is still being merciful towards wicked men and calling them to repentance. All right, now verse eight. And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Notice called her, a woman. Babylon has existed as a system of world domination since the days of Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. You know, this wicked system arose in opposition to the rule of God on earth and has fostered some of the most insidious and brutal dictatorships and even empires the world has ever witnessed up to and including the Great Tribulation. And I want you to notice also that Israel was described as a woman. Well, this Babylon is also described as a woman. So Babylon has affected everyone of the world, in the world of men, in economics, in religious, every affair of life, Babylon has affected man. Christianity during the Middle Ages was infested with the spirit of Babylon, with idol worship and sexual immorality and hatred and murder and uh, malignity. But notice now that the angel declares, Babylon is fallen. Actually, we could say it this way, Babylon is fallen and will fall. So the destruction of Babylon as a system of the Antichrist and of the dragon has already been judged and will be destroyed at the return of the Lord Jesus. Now, 9 through 11. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb and the smoke of their torment, will ascend up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receives the mark of his name. Now, 12 and 13 says this, And here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Now, verse 14, And I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the man, having on his head a golden crown, and his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle, and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. There's only one who is the Son of Man, and that's the Lord Jesus. All right, to finish this out, 17 through 20. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, and he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud voice to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, 
Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the wine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, the blood and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horses bridles by the space of a thousand six hundred furlongs. Notice for her grapes are fully ripe. Now this speaks of those dwelling on the earth. They send away their day of grace. And so now there's nothing left for them to do but to wait for the awful day of judgment. And the winepress that was tridden without the city and the blood that came out of the winepress, even to the horses' bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs, that's that's two hundred miles. And that covers the length and the width of the nation of Israel. So that's where this great last battle is going to take place. Now, this reaping was first the reaping of the righteous and then the reaping of the evil. So we can see through this, uh, these chapters, we can see the redemption of the saints of God and we can see the fiery judgment of the wicked. You know, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But if sinners refuse to repent and turn to the Lord, they will be judged. Amen. So I hope you have made a decision to know the Lord Jesus Christ today. Father, we bless you. We thank you for this time in the Word. We ask you to bless it and bless everyone within the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.